Week 1, Module 1. Set Point. So team, this is a podcast to summarise everything that we've covered in week one. It's going to be ever so slightly different to the content we've put out in the groups, the written content, but it's saying exactly the same thing. And it's designed to give you an introduction to this thing called set point weight. So a good place to start in our understanding of what set point weight is, is what set point weight isn't. So what is set point weight not? Well, when I say the term set point weight, most people perceive it as this magic thing inside our brain or inside our body that sets our weight, a bit like a thermostat. And it says, right, your set point weight is 12 stone. So it doesn't matter what you eat or how you exercise, it doesn't matter how many calories come into your body or how many calories go out of your body, this is the weight you're going to be, it is set. And that perception is wrong. That's a myth. It's a lie. That is not how set point weight works. It's not some magic weight that you will arrive at regardless of what you're eating or regardless of how you're exercising. Okay, so scrunch up that perspective of set point weight and chuck it in the bin because it's nonsense. The reality of set point weight is that it is the outcome of your unique energy balance. So at the heart of understanding your set point weight is understanding your unique energy balance. And this means that to really understand set point weight, you have to have an understanding of what energy balance is, and in particular, what influences your unique energy balance. And that's what we're going to cover in this podcast. And it's what we've been covering in week one. So what is energy balance? Well, the analogy I use for this is a glass jar and coins. So if you can just visualize an empty glass jar for me. And now visualize that every day you put 2000 coins, 2001 P coins, let's say for simplicity into that jar. Okay, so into that jar, you're pouring 2,001p coins. But at the same time, sometimes you are taking those coins out of the jar. So let's imagine that over the course of the day, you put a total of 2,000 coins into the jar. But throughout the day, you're gradually taking coins out of the jar and you take 1,500 coins out of the jar. Well, the balance there is 500 surplus, isn't it? So if today you put 2,000 coins into the jar and you took 1,500 coins slash calories out of the jar, the excess at the end of the day is 500. If you did that again the next day, you would wake up and you would already have 500 coins in your jar, wouldn't you? And if you repeated the same process and you put 2,000 coins in and took 1,500 coins out, you would have 500 surplus again. So if you're eating 2,000 calories a day and burning 1,500 calories a day and you do that chronically over numerous days, the outcome of that is that every day you've got this surplus of 500 calories and that surplus is added to your body as weight. You gain those calories as weight and your weight rises. So that's something called a calorie surplus. 
Now, the opposite is true. If you had 2,000 calories in your jar, okay, but you burnt 2,500, that extra 500 that you burn produces a deficit, okay, and you're having to take those 500 calories out of your body to make up for that deficit, and that produces weight loss. So what produces your unique set point weight is your unique energy balance. How many calories are going into your body and how many calories are coming out of your body? And what science has consistently found, and there is a scientific consensus on this, unless you are absolutely nuts and trying to sell books, the scientific consensus is that obesity is the outcome of a chronic calorie surplus. Too many calories going into your jar, not enough calories coming out of your jar, and the excess of those calories are being laid down as weight, as weight, as fat and muscle, producing weight gain. So when we say someone has a high set point weight, what that means is they have a large amount of calories that are consistently coming into their jar and not enough calories consistently coming out of their jar And it is the accumulation of those surplus calories that is driving their weight up and up and up towards that higher set point weight. So if you're not sure about the term set point weight, if that doesn't work for you, it's only language. It doesn't really matter. You could call it gravitational weight. Okay, call it gravitational weight. The weight you gravitate towards based on your unique energy balance. You could call it your life weight. Okay, the weight you gravitate towards based on your unique life, what's going on in your life that's affecting your unique energy balance and putting you in calorie surplus and producing weight gain. But for simplicity, let's just stick with set point weight for now and understand set point as the weight you gravitate towards based on your unique energy balance. Now, what I'm going to give you next is a kind of real world example of how set point weight works and in particular how a high set point weight works. So I'd like you to imagine that tomorrow morning you wake up and there is an empty jar next to your bed. You wake up, you have a good stretch, you have a good yawn and you pick your empty glass jar up and you pop it under your arm and you walk about with that jar all day long. Now you walk downstairs, you go into the kitchen. And so I know this is a bit weird, but stick with me. There's you standing in your kitchen with your jar. And at that time, there are no coins in your jar. But I'm going to personify the factors that influence your unique jar and how many coins go into your jar and how many coins go out of your jar and therefore influence your energy balance and your set point weight. So let's imagine you walk into the kitchen and there standing in your kitchen is Mrs. Genetics, we're going to call her. And she's saying, well, we're from big stock. We're from a family of big boned, big muscle, big fat stored people. And that's true, by the way. Okay, as you will learn in next week when we cover genetics, big bones are real. Okay, there are genes that make people's bones bigger and heavier. 
and that produces a higher weight. There are genes that make people's muscles bigger and heavier and fat stores bigger and heavier. So the very first influence you've got when you walk into your kitchen is Mrs. Genetics saying to you, we're from big stock, we're from rugby playing types, and because we're from bigger stock and we've got bigger genes, we need to eat more. So I'm going to raise your appetite and your cravings and your interest in food and make you someone who really likes food at breakfast and wants to eat a big breakfast because we need those coins in that jar. We need those calories in your body to get to our genetic set point, which is 12 stone. So no, at this stage, no coins have come into your jar, but you've got this pressure, this influence on your eating behaviour coming from your genetics. So there's that first pressure to have a big breakfast. And it's almost like you could see Mrs. Genetics with a big bag of coins saying, we need a 1,000 calorie breakfast. Here's 1,000 coins. I'm going to try and put them in your jar. Now you resist because you're on a diet and you're trying to be good and you're trying to keep your calories down. So you put your hand out and you say, no, Mrs. Genetics, I can feel my appetite and my cravings and that I really want to eat something, but I'm not going to do it. I'm going to resist and I'm going to apply my energy, remember that one, energy to resisting you. But then there's another factor. You walk into your kitchen, you look around your kitchen and there on the side is a box of Cocoa Pops and a box of Crunchy Nut cornflakes, and there's some croissants and some pastries. And they're really tasty, and they're really tempting, and they're right there, very visible in your environment. So now, it's almost like stood next to Mrs. Genetics is Mrs. Environment. And Mrs. Environment is saying, well, can I tempt you to some Crunchy Nut cornflakes? They're delicious. Okay, they're absolutely delicious and you could eat them and they taste so good and you'll feel so good. You'll really get rewarded by eating these. Oh, can I give you some croissants as well and some pastries? So you have that temptation from your environment, a highly calorific, high processed food, high palatability, what's called an obesogenic environment. It's almost like a salesman. It's almost like Mrs. Genetics is kind of saying to you, well, you can have this, you can have that, what would you like? You know, opening a coat and tempting you with various highly processed foods. So now you've got Mrs. Genetics offering you a bag of coins to put in in your jar, and you have Mrs. Environment offering you a bag of coins as well to put in your jar. And that's double the pressure to put coins in your jar, fill up your jar with calories, and move potentially towards that higher set point weight. But it doesn't stop there because we've got Mrs. Genetics in the room. We've got Mrs. Environment in the room. And then in steps Mrs. Psychology, which represents your unique psychology. And Mrs. Psychology says to you, well, you know, it's Saturday, isn't it? Calories don't count on Saturdays. Who cares about calories on a Saturday? We all know from our dieting days that you just eat whatever you want on the weekend because calories don't matter. And now you've got a third pressure, a third influence, putting pressure on you to put coins in your jar. It's almost as if Mrs. Psychology is saying, well, Mrs. Genetics is offering you 1,000 calories for breakfast, trying to put them in. And I kind of agree with her because it's a Saturday. Mrs. Environment saying you should have two bowls of crunchy nut cornflakes and a croissant. Yeah, let's do it. Let's go for it. So you've got your psychology now putting pressure on you to eat 
which is a third influence. And you're trying to resist and apply your energy to resist these three people in, in your kitchen now. And it's getting harder to maintain your lower weight because you've got that pressure coming from Mrs. Genetics, Mrs. Environment and Mrs. Psychology. And just when you think it couldn't get even harder to resist those influences, in walks your husband. And he's in a foul temper. He's lost his keys and he's being a bit of a knob. And he starts going, oh, my keys have gone. Where have you put my keys? And you're trying to hunt for his keys with him. And he's taking it out on you and blaming you because you've, he's saying you've lost his keys. And you're kind of a bit angry and a bit upset and a bit emotional about that. And so now you have a fourth factor, your relationship coming in. And if the sort of disconnect between you and your husband in that sort of interaction produces emotions of feeling, you know, hurt or upset or down or disconnected, that can produce what's called an emotional appetite. And it's like, well, you know, I kind of could do with some crunchy nut cornflakes because my husband's being a bit of an ass. And do you know what? Those crunchy nut cornflakes will just soothe me and make me feel a bit better. So now we've got four influences in your kitchen, all trying to push coins into your jar, all trying to push your calorie intake up. But it doesn't stop there because into the room walks Mrs. Hormones. And Mrs. Hormones just happens to be saying, well, you know, we're perimenopausal at the moment and it is playing absolute havoc with our mood with our energy with our appetite and we're gaining this weight around our stomach and that's really stressing us out do you know what we could actually really do with some crunchy nut cornflakes and a couple of croissants as well so in walks someone else who's trying to force coins into your jar who's trying to raise your set point weight and then just when you think it couldn't get any more pressure in walks Mrs. Time, who taps on her watch and says, have you seen the time? You've got to get the kids to school or you've got to get to work. You don't have time to make a healthy omelette for breakfast or a low-calorie, high-protein breakfast. You've just got to bosh those crunchy nut cornflakes down, bosh a couple of croissants down and get out the door. So now we've got a sixth pressure. And all of these people, it's almost like an army of people in your kitchen, right there in your environment, putting pressure on you to put coins in your jar. All you have to resist that is your energy. So you can picture energy as Mrs. Energy, okay, who happens to be on your side. She's the only person in that room who's on your side. And she's kind of putting a hand out saying, no, Mrs. Genetics, I know we feel hungry because we're from bigger stock and we have this appetite to eat more, but we're going to resist. No, Mrs. Environment, you can stuff your crunchy nut cornflakes. I'm going to make a salad for breakfast. No, Mrs. Psychology, I don't care that you're saying it's the weekend. Calories still matter on the weekend and I'm applying my willpower and my energy to say no and control my eating. And no, Mr. Husband, you're being a pain in the ass. I'm just going to ignore you, be mindful and regulate my emotions and not turn to food and no mrs hormones i'm not gonna allow my hormones to you know force me into overeating i'm gonna remain in control and no i know i'm late for for work but do you know what i'm gonna spend an extra five minutes and be late for work and prepare myself an omelette so you've got mrs energy on your side trying to physically almost stop Mrs. Genetics, Mrs. Environment, Mrs. Psychology, Mrs. Relationship, Mrs. Hormones, all trying to force coins into your jar. 
But what if you had a bad night's sleep? And what if you've been really stressed out at work? What if you've not had a really good rest in a long time, so your energy levels are rock bottom? Well, then Mrs. Energy isn't there in, in the room with you. There's no one there to be on your side to apply willpower and energy to resisting those other influences. And in the absence of Mrs. Energy, it's very, very easy for Mrs. Genetics, Mrs. Environment, Mrs. Psychology, Mrs. Relationships, Mrs. Hormone and Mrs. Time to just fill up your jar. And the next thing you know, you're eating that first bowl of cornflakes, uh, crunchy nut cornflakes, and then that second bowl of crunchy nut cornflakes. And then, do you know what happens? Mrs. Psychology walks into the room and says, oh, you're so fat and lazy and greedy. Such a failure at your diet. You should be ashamed of yourself. And that creates an emotional response in you that's, oh, yeah, I feel bad about myself. Do you know what? I'm just going to hit the self-sabotage button and eat the croissants and just say, sod it. And then Mrs. Psychology comes in again and says, yeah, that's right. Let's hit the self-sabotage button. Let's sod it for the rest of the week. Do you know what? The rest of the month, let's just leave it. It's the summer holidays anyway, so let's leave it. We'll start thinking about being healthy again in September. But between now and then, let's just eat everything. And now that psychology has basically given carte blanche to all the other influences to pile as many coins into your jar as they like. So can you see how these influences are pressurizing you to put coins in your jar? And if your energy isn't there to resist them, or if your psychology isn't on your side to to manage them and reframe things and produce a lower set point, then you're just going to gain weight. And that's as simple as that. So very quickly, I'm going to show you what the opposite looks like. So the scenario I've just given you is what we would call a high set point weight. Okay, a high weight that you gravitate towards because you've got your genetics, environment, psychology, relationships, hormones, time and energy all in a place that produces weight gain. But what if you walk into your kitchen and Mrs. Genetics says, oh, well, we're from Pixie family with small bones, small muscles, small fat store people, or we could just pick for breakfast. You can have a lower set point weight, aren't you? And what if you walk into the kitchen and Mrs. Environment has basically gone shopping, prepped loads of low-calorie, high-protein breakfast for you that are already in your fridge. So all you have to do is grab your ready-made primal muffins or your ready-made boiled eggs and you go. And those will satisfy you because Mrs. Genetics already doesn't really want that much food. On top of that, you've got Mrs. Psychology, who's basically like your personal life coach, who's constantly there in the room, motivating you and telling you that you're worth it. Do you know what? You're worth it. You're a good person. And your value and your self-esteem has nothing to do with your weight and your eating because you're just a success in life. And you're not going to have that psychological drive to eat, are you? And your husband walks in and he goes, oh, do you know what? I could tell that you were really trying to eat well at the moment. So I've prepped you your lunch and some other things here. Have a big kiss. And you feel connected and you feel looked after and you've got relationships, yeah, your husband on your side, helping you produce a lower set point weight. And your hormones are really well balanced because you've made the decision to go on HRT. And although it was a difficult decision, it was absolutely the best decision because it's helped to regulate your hormones. And that's produced better mental health, better mood, and therefore a lower set point weight. Oh, and the time thing? Yeah, well, because you had already pre-prepped all your meals, and because you had a husband who is already on your side helping you with your nutrition, suddenly you have more time. 
And you don't have that rush to get eat, eat something before you rush out the door. And you're really well rested. You're really well slept. Your, your movement, your sleep, your nutrition and your rest are all optimal. So you've got bags of energy. So you've got Mrs. Energy in the room on your side as well. And that's what a lower set point weight looks like. So if you can get a grip on those two different scenarios I've given you, with that one person going into that kitchen with a high set point weight where all those influences are working against them, and another person going into that kitchen and all those influences producing a lower set point weight because they're working with them, that's what set point weight's all about. It's not this magic thing in your head that sets a weight. It is the outcome of those influences on your jar and your unique energy balance that produces either a higher set point weight if they're not on your side or a lower set point weight if they are on your side. And what the remainder of this mission is going to be is exploring each of those influences and finding out how to get them on your side. How can you get Mrs. Genetics working for you to produce a lower set point weight and Mrs. Environment and Mrs. Psychology and Mrs. Relationships and Mrs. Hormones, Mrs. Time and Mrs. Energy? And if you can get those seven influences managed, controlled, working with you and on your side, you will be able to produce a lower set point weight.